What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Six Stroke Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Rookie. Man, can't believe I'm actually back giving you guys another episode. Two episodes in the same month. Even though I don't really fully count that last episode as a full episode, that was just something to kind of keep you guys in the loop as to where I've been the past month or so. But um, here we are, back with a uh, actually legit episode with a guest, a fine guest, might I add. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll be honest. It, it was definitely tough uh, trying to muster up the, the strength to, and, and I, I don't want to say the strength, uh, but mustering up the, the will and want uh, to make this episode happen just simply because uh, personally I, I've just, you know, still been dealing with a little bit of depression and, and a bit of a funk. Uh, just kind of dealing with the fact that we're still living in the state that we're living in and things aren't really seeming to clear up as much. I know there's hope in sight and everything like that. It just, everything feels so mundane lately. And it's been quite a bummer on my spirit lately. And uh, I've been trying to, you know, make things happen and stay active as much as possible. And uh, this episode is kind of a result of that. Um, Not to be too much of a downer right here you guys are like geez do I even want to listen to this shit but trust me yeah this was a good episode this week's guest was my dear friend my buddy my comedy counterpart my lover Liam Beeson of Brand of Sacrifice I'll admit this episode was uh we had talked about doing this uh, for quite a while uh, but I kind of wanted to do it at a time where there was a little little bit more for Liam to be able to talk about, um, you know, being that uh, Brand of Sacrifice just dropped a killer new album called Lifeblood. If you guys haven't heard about it, you're probably probably living under a rock, to be honest. They are taking the deathcore scene by storm right now. Uh, there's a lot of bands in deathcore right now. It does, you know, it, it kind of does come off as like one of those genres nowadays where it's very oversaturated. There's a lot of bands to sift through. Um, and and personally, I love Deathcore, but I, I do kind of fall into that crowd where sometimes I feel it is a bit oversaturated and it's hard to find a band that's doing something fresh and, you know, completely unbiased opinion. I know they are my buddies, but Brand of Sacrifice really is doing something fresh and, and unique, and they are just all top-notch musicians. Um this new album, Lifeblood, it really is kick-ass. I, I honestly can't stop listening to it. It's it's fucking incredible. Um, at the time we recorded this episode, I was we were just kind of starting to see like their their weekly numbers on on charts and stuff like that. But we recorded this this past Sunday. As I'm saying this now, it is Wednesday night. Yesterday they announced their Billboard numbers, and they are all over the billboards. Number one top new artist, number six in current hard music albums, number seven in current independent albums, which, yes, by the way, they are now completely void of a label. They decided to take the independent route, which is a risky move for any band, uh, you know, who was once uh, affiliated with a label. They went the complete independent route, and they have flourished. They've had the most successful album release being independent and it's super sick we get to talk a little bit about that uh we reminisce 
on our tour memories that we shared together. Um, I asked them a little bit about um, like other tours I got to do, a little bit about Liam's background since uh, you know we became friends later in our life. Um, so I got to ask a little bit about Liam's background, like what got him into music and whatnot, all that jibber-jabber. Um, I will admit there are some moments in this podcast where it may come off a little awkward because, you know, we're, we're, we're friends and it feels kind of weird to have, uh, a somewhat interview style kind of conversation with a friend when you just kind of want to bullshit and whatnot. And we throw in our weird sense of humor in there. So, you know, not many people will understand why we're doing weird voices and accents and all this bullshit, but you know, we're just having fun. And uh, it was a great time catching up with him. It definitely uh, gave me some serotonin uh, just to catch up with my dear buddy. My first international guest, actually. Uh, So that was cool. We got to break that barrier a little bit. Um, I'm going to try to have another episode hopefully out by the end of the month, if not the very beginning of April. So we'll see how that all goes with lining up schedules and finding people with... uh, some things that they want to talk about and things that we can can talk about and uh, really just kind of go off of one, one another. I'm rambling at this point, just trying to make a decent intro. This is the Six Stroke Podcast with Liam Beeson of Brand of Sacrifice. Let's go. So it's going to be one, two, three, four, and then four claps at that tempo, okay? Yeah. I was a drummer. Oh, I know you were, and I'm going to talk about (laughs) it. All right. One, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) You're a drummer, my ass. (laughs) Don't give me that, bro. I'm just kidding. All right, baby boy. How you been? latency. How you been? All right, bro. I'm I'm good. I'm up north. It was really hot the other day. It's about 15 Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but I'll never need to know unless I'm uh, back on the road. Very true. And God, God knows we've all been away from it for far too long, and it's a pain. Yeah. Speaking of beef, I wanted to address something real quick. You had a guest on your show a few months ago with some very choice words about myself and my band. Oh, shit. I just wanted to say, Austin Archie of Lorna Shore, next time I see you, bud, it is on site. All right? I'm kissing you on site. And I mean business. Oh, and we all know when Lim Crims has got his (laughs) business going, it's intense. Yeah, bro, you don't want to get it. You don't want to get it my way. Yeah, it's and my way of the highway. If if I recall, I I mean I don't I don't know what he was saying, but I had to do something about you guys uh, getting your licenses. What's was up that with what that? It was? I don't I don't remember, <laughs> bro. It was something like that. I just I just needed to say that it's been boiling yeah, inside. It's uh oh I've been waiting to get on this show just to air my feelings, man. <laughs> you have no idea. And I'm glad we're finally doing it because we've been talking about it for yeah, dude. months. 
and I was just like, dude, I I feel bad. Like I want to make this happen, but I was like, gotta maybe wait for the right time. And I was like, you know, like I got I got way better people to put in front of this schmo. And when I run out of drummers, I'll come to you, Liam. That's what you said. And here we are. I mean, yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah, dude, I get it. Yeah, you know, no one wants to be on here right now. So I was like, all right, you know, let me just hit up Liam. Let me use that uh, friend excuse. And here we are. And as we said before, Six Stroke Podcast gone international. It is. You are the it's first. It's a big moment. This is, you are the first international guest, man. We got a... Uh, yeah, maybe the last. Uh, uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see how this one goes. But yeah, we'll dude. keep it exclusively American. But yeah. Fucking, uh, I wanted to make this happen at the right time. And, you know, we'll we'll dive into it throughout. But, you know, you got a brand new album out. You're slaying. Your numbers are stacking. There's not a you chart could, in sight that you, you guys aren't that. on. Whoa. But look yeah, at it's, you. It's, You're uh, humble. Well, you caught me early. I'll, I'll put it that way. Caught You've you known what? me since my early I have, I have, I have, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring that out, because usually that's kind of how I start these, uh, these shindigs, I usually yeah. kind of, I kind of like to reminisce on how, like, we first met or first got to know each other, but we, we met long after we were, like, internet buddies, but I don't know exactly yeah. when it happened or how <laughs> it happened. Yeah, dude, um, I'm trying to think, because I was in a band with, uh, Dylan, who has, uh, used to be the bassist in Brand of Sacrifice. Him and I went to high school together. We made a band called My Home, The Catacombs. And yeah. from that band, we met online because I saw on Beheading the Traitor, the uh, Sentinels music video. No idea what it's the song is called, but it's the one where Thomas like sticks his head out of the barn and screams something. <laughs> and I always showed that to him and I still meme about it with him to this day. But yeah. um, I saw that video and I was like, holy shit, these guys are so sick. This was back, what year was that? Probably 2015, 14 maybe? Yeah, 15? 2014. That was uh, that was before I joined. They had uh, yeah. Matt Jeray on drums. Oh, of course. Yeah, this was uh, <laughs> Age of Revision was the, yeah, was yeah. the song. Yeah. Probably the song I hate the most. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, really? Or not hate the most, but like hated playing, I guess. It was just like constant kicks going the whole time, and like my shins would like feel like they're gonna explode. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Was that the tempo where it wasn't slow enough to do full leg, but it wasn't fast enough to do like? Was it one of those tempos? A little bit, yeah. Where like you either had to, like you can't you can't do like like all leg, but like you can't like just rock ankle. Yeah. It's like that intermediate thing, and it's just constantly going. But I mean, it still rips. You know, every now and then, like give it a little listen back and i'm like hey you guys made a cool ripper here but well do i like playing it hell no good thing we do well, not have to anymore i saw that video and i was like yeah these guys absolutely rip and this was like i said back back in that time where i was super into like progressive metalcore progressive deathcore so like the whole gent if you want to call it that phase was super in and i was like this is in the same kind of realm of like Veil of Maya, Born of Osiris, that genre, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think I I sent a message to the band and on Facebook or something. I was like, yo, I just found you guys. Which just proves that like promoting works, by the way, if you like go through random things. At least back then, you can find random fans. And so I, I added them on Facebook. We would talk every now and then. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember adding you or you adding me. But uh, yeah. I just remembered, started seeing your face and your name everywhere. Yeah, because it was it was a little bit after that 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 I had joined, and I believe mm-hmm. I th- I think it was 
it might have been maybe around the time that we dropped world divide because we had dylan do all the stream videos and like the lyric videos oh, really? and stuff like that so i don't know maybe it was like a word of mouth thing but i just remember you kind of popping up in my life on face facebook it was meant to be it was man and, and little did we know that we are we're kindred spirits when it comes to real life oh my dude. god yeah we've been described as the funniest duo on tour i mean i never heard that but i'm flattered just I'd, just go along with it just shut up oh shit okay okay uh <laughs> i mean i i consider us that you're my comedy counterpart buddy yeah dude we're sick and like all you guys like from the very first show like what was it jersey um trenton yeah i got there and it just felt like we'd been friends for like 10 years already that's how i felt at least like it was just so natural i've never had natural chemistry with a band like i have with you guys i i fully agree and i i remember when i remember when like the guys all pulled up and we were like just loading in and dylan came in and i didn't know he was gonna be on the tour at the time because i i had seen like i guess yeah promos it was like different lineups or something and i was like holy shit and then like we, we talked a little bit and then i was like where's liam where <laughs> is liam and uh we just went outside and i caught you and you're just like coming out, out of the van like first day you were like dressed for like success you're like all <laughs> slicked out all dripped out i'm like damn there he is and it was like the most like built up hug i think i've ever received like on a tour from somebody because we had just you know it, it turned into that irl friendship where i was like oh shit something's blossoming well, here do you remember i don't know if we had this conversation but i definitely probably had the conversation with tommy and um but when we sent messages we're like yo our bands are touring together like yeah did you hear like it's finally happening like we're gonna meet yeah because dude when when i was talking because i was talking a lot with jimmy and for anyone who's not aware of talking about the signs of the swarm headliner in april of 2019 so what happened was when we were told that we were like in the running for the tour i was like holy shit like they're actually like pulling for us on this one because like we had played a show or two together before that and i guess they just really liked us so they wanted us to be a part of it and they wanted to have somewhat of like a diverse lineup and when when he told us that like we had like won like or, or like got that spot on the tour i was i was stoked and i asked him i was like who else uh who else are you guys talking to to get on this thing and he was like yeah it's between somebody else and brand of sacrifice but we really really want brand on here and i was like wait a sec <laughs> it, it was like wait a tick like it just all like yeah. clicked right there i was like yes yeah. so when we f we finalized it and like jimmy gave me the final lineup i hit you up i was like dude it's happening <laughs> and it wasn't even like a hundred it wasn't announced or anything but i was like dude yeah. we're finally gonna meet and tour together it's incredible it was like the best first possible way that we could have met was like yeah dude doing what we love together and like like us all hanging out together it was just awesome and that tour was sick that was our first tour as a band as brand of sacrifice and i mean we were like for as far as the first tour goes like what was it like half of america probably like, yeah we didn't go west but yeah it was all it east was like and midwest i think, I think it was like a bit eight, south too yeah it was like maybe 18 20 days or something like that and yeah we hit like certain parts of the states no no canada um but yeah dude it was it was awesome and it was like our first tour that, like after releasing a record so it was like our first you know oh yeah 
tour that yeah. we kind of, I guess, worked for in a sense or, or however you want to put it. Um, and so even though it was different for us, I was like, all the guys on this tour are fucking awesome. And like, that's all I could care mm -hmm. for. And it, it was sick. Like there were definitely like the hit or miss nights and whatnot. But like for like your guys first tour, our first, you know, first or second like tour around the country, it was like amazing. And even if shows like weren't as hot in some areas, we just still had like a great time together, always filled with inside yeah. jokes and <laughs> oh dude totally intricate uh, personalities <laughs> <laughs> i um because i i've known um when dylan and i were in my home the catacombs we did a full canada tour with depths of hatred so they were like hey right. isn't that like liam and dylan's new band and so it was like another connection for me at least to you know it's it's nerve-wracking you know to <laughs> be on tour like especially your new faces new you know expectations pressures it's like so you go there you show up and i've got one band in sentinels who i talk to the guys all the time i got another band in depths who i know and they live you know they're from the same country we did a full tour and mm -hmm. we've got science who i didn't know anyone from science but i actually seen them in toronto like four years prior at a, a venue called sneaky d's i forget nice. who else was playing there but david wasn't in the band but um all, all person the only person i remember is jimmy because he had like this insane drum kit and he was like yeah. no one no one touched my drums i'm setting my drums up like <laughs> and it was just like that's jimmy right there <laughs> it is yeah he's definitely like the radiant personality but oh um, yeah but yeah man that was that was just a great time like overall we um you know we had a lot of like cool first experiences together like it was our first time hitting like some markets and like it was interesting though because it as much as it was a fun time like being all together it definitely showed it showed us and our band that i was like oh man this market doesn't like us too much like right <laughs> because it's like yeah we're like the weird prog metal like gent band on like a slamming deathcore package <laughs> <laughs> i was like dude like there's that one show i think it was in Missouri. mississippi yeah mississippi. No, mississippi chris and i always talk about it and like i remember some dude in a tank top literally arms crossed just watching <laughs> us like like just sizing us up and yeah. i was like fuck dude like i could just feel like the the impatience with this crowd on us to like get off stage and like our set opened up with vicious and that song starts off with like a pretty synth lead nothing like eerie <laughs> yeah. or like foreshadowing like absolute destruction so people just hated that right from the get-go on that show and it always makes me laugh looking back on that do you remember uh catering for that show <laughs> oh yeah the dude 40 pounds of hooters wings <laughs> it was incredible like how could you get any better than that oh dude and that what? was just fuel for that incredible tour promo that we had made we were just all like tossing oh, like yeah. hooters nuggets in the air like <laughs> <laughs> You're like pulling Don, moves. Don. Yeah, yeah. Jacob's riding on his belly on the skateboard or the longboard or whatever. <laughs> and Carl and like the Dev Stews are just like <laughs> lifting weights, smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> that shit was hard, bro. It was, dude. I had never seen a better tour promo. Like, oh my God. Everyone else ain't got shit. Numbers yeah, skyrocketed after that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and one thing I do remember saying to you, which. Because it was so funny, like, because, like, I, I had seen, like, your band, like, like brand, like, circulating, like, all online. I'm like, damn, this band is getting a lot of hype. And seeing the reception for you guys on that tour, 
and being that it was your first tour you were the first of the four bands and i think i said to to you and kyle one night i was like just so you know this is the one and only time you'll ever be playing <laughs> under us <laughs> and i was oh, like that's terrible i'm man. gonna watch you guys just blow the fuck up after this like Cause it's just it was like every day like I just saw like the crowd go absolute ape shit for you guys and I was like damn bro like they are gonna do huge things and sure enough like right after that tour you guys got summer slaughter which I was like wow yeah that was the whole fucking dude I I don't know what I was doing but I remember um just with the band chat Kyle just messaged the band chat and it was just like the list of all the band names he's like reply within an hour or our opportunity's gone or whatever mm-hmm. and we're like uh yes <laughs> like don't even ask us just confirm it we'll figure it out like lorna carnifex the faceless who for me like ever since high school the faceless was my favorite band um oh, big time. well in high school in high school the faceless was my favorite band carnifex too and you know, Lorna are like front runners for our whole genre at the moment and they're absolutely killing it. And so, yeah, we were like, oh my God. And plus it's the name, like Summer Slaughter, like everyone knows Summer Slaughter, right? So yeah, as a kid, I could only imagine and dream of something like that. That's what I'm saying. And it was like probably the best uh, Summer Slaughter lineup in a couple of years, probably. Cause it's, it's weird. There's something about that tour where like, they'll they'll do the death metal deathcore thing and then the next year they'll go full on yeah. prog and then the whole internet's like what the fuck like this is not some this <laughs> but, is not slaughter but like you guys but like, the tour does just as well when that, it's like, that's what i'm saying it's like regardless yeah. like they they don't put bands on this tour that no one's gonna want to see and yeah. luckily like you guys got on a like a year that just had the best possible lineup for you guys like with like rivers and cattle oh, yeah. cap and stuff like that which yeah that's one thing i i envy is that your second tour with brand was with cattle decap and that my <laughs> band will never ever tour with cattle decap <laughs> not only because we don't a festival fit, or something that would be sick because i'm the one guy in my band who loves cattle so much it's like ridiculous yeah, they're they're like i was never um i i listened to them a little bit but i just found it maybe just not as digestible of what the other things I was using or listening to. Um, Fair enough, yeah. Because I, I was into death metal, but it was just, it was a bit too extreme for me. And this new record especially is a little more polished, which works for me. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but they're, they're like, larger than life. They're fucking... Uh, and I, I, I could be wrong, don't quote me on this, but I don't think they play to a click. I think they're just... Um, they just go on and fucking play it, and they're just unbelievable every single night i i did get that feeling because there were some like because i did go i did come to see the one night of the tour and i had only seen them once before and it was at the previous summer slaughter they were on like four years prior yeah and now that i had gotten to know the music a lot better i was just like this song feels like it's maybe either a little bit faster a little slower than the album i'm like and i'm seeing dave like count in the stuff like but i'm like yeah they're not like all on ears and stuff and but they're such a big band i'm like that's incredible like to to know that a band that plays that kind of music is just like raw dogging it on stage (laughs) like yeah and they're so tight and i think maybe they just have an old school because i mean they've been doing this for 25 years or something like that maybe a long time before in-ears existed so (laughs) yeah 
um they don't need that they're like they're unbelievable they are man especially and dave dave on drums is like i mean i'm talking to a dave right now who's unbelievable but oh dave mcgraw is uh he's he's just so effortless he just sits there yeah. like the guy could have a coffee and read the newspaper and still play the set i swear to god yeah he, he's out of this world man and i i remember seeing one video i i think it was like uh I don't know. It was a couple years ago, but like, he's he's like counting in. I think it was like uh, manufactured extincts or something like that. And he's like on the china with his left hand and his right hand. He's trying to fix a cymbal stand, like like <laughs> like the the part that like with the extra cymbal mounted on it. And he's like trying to yeah. fix it and tighten it up, but he's still counting in. And just in the nick of time, gets it tight and then goes into yeah, like yeah. going into the song. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh my god. Like and his toms were like so much higher than his snare. I'm like, this guy's a legend, dude. Mm. It's it's incredible to watch. But um one thing I do want to know about you, because you know, we met when we were kinda like in the young prime of our like playing music and like starting out in bands and stuff like that. Like what what really got you started? Like did you because I know you played drums and you had a kick-ass YouTube channel filled with some gnarly oh. drum covers and uh, F- feel bad for anyone who missed it ten years ago. Don't worry, I'll put, years ago. I'll put the link in the, <laughs> in the description. Please, for the love of God, do not. <laughs> I wouldn't, um, um, dude. I don't even know because I started with guitar when I was in. I got a guitar when I was probably thirteen because mm-hmm. it's just so strange. I was never into music. Like I just didn't get music. I didn't get why people listened to it. Nothing clicked with me. Um, but then there's this band from Canada called Billy Talent, which not many, they're not big in America, but they're kind of like pop punk meets like heavy. Um, and they just like opened up my eyes completely. And mm-hmm. so I started learning songs and I was like, man, this is sick. And then I was like, mom, dad, can I get a drum set? And they're like, they said no for the longest time for obvious <laughs> reasons. Right. Yeah. And then, um, they just said yes fine like i like i was patient i waited and um just started playing drums and just fell in love with it and drums are like my number one passion like and then it's guitar i play guitar now primarily because i moved to toronto i was in a smaller town and i moved to toronto in a townhouse so i can't play drums anymore so Mm. i had to like pretty much give up and switch to guitar but drums will always always be my passion but basically i saw that and then you know how it is getting wrapped up in watching live concerts and seeing the big crowds and seeing everyone jump around and you're like dude i want to feel this i want to like i want to be the reason that someone's like going crazy and like absolutely i just had to i just had to play so i've been playing in bands since i was like 13 and i'm 26 now so literally half my (laughs) holy shit half my life i've been playing in bands dude there you go man i mean it's basically the same thing for me my first band was like 13 and yeah it, it always was drums for me i always wanted to like play guitar or bass or something i i, I think i saw school of rock with jack black and okay I, okay yes please continue and i will i will branch off <laughs> yes and something about the bass in that movie i don't know it's because like at that time when i was a young young kid i was like that girl's cute and she looks good at playing bass i was yeah. like I, I definitely wanted to, to play bass. Like, I don't know what it was. Something about that movie, like, made me really want to play bass. And, and so I borrowed, like, uh, my dad's friends for a while and tried to play. But it just didn't it didn't click with me as much. I didn't have the patience because I was already, like, like yeah. se- seven years into playing drums. But 
I oh, wanted wow. to I wanted to play a string instrument somehow, but I just didn't have like the the patience really. But but that that's then when I like later took on vocals where I was like, okay, I could do that at least. But I still always have that envy of like multi instrumentalists who can like absolutely dominate on both. Yeah, School of Rock needs to be in some sort of movie hall of fame or something like <laughs> i agree there was one summer and this is probably the summer i got my guitar and this is actually like hilarious that we both like can relate to this that it was so influential like i memorized that movie line for line i probably Same. watched it 30 times that summer and would like replay scenes of like him like going to their music class and being like there's potential here and then he brings <laughs> the instruments in and just fucking like gives them instruments and just teaches them writ like smoke on the water and mm-hmm. and uh whatever the other stuff was and i was like dude this is like <laughs> so cool and i understood like it made me understand components of how music's made like you get one instrument another and it becomes a band yeah and i was just like this is and plus jack black's just like the greatest of it right I yeah I could not agree more dude like the it's his inflections and like the way he delivers lines and like yeah. his character in that movie is just it sticks in my brain forever like when they're just coming into class and they see like all the instruments he's like saw you guys at music class <laughs> you guys can really play why didn't anyone tell me like it just <laughs> like it all sticks in my mind and like the part with like Freddy like he's like all right give me like a He's like playing it on the floor times like, all right, that's George of the Jungle up here <laughs> yeah. on the cymbal, but really light. And then yeah. it just makes this like little mashup. And I'm like, dude, that's so fucking awesome. Like yeah. it really stuck with me. And like that movie was somehow like a huge influence on me, even though I was already like playing music. But that that movie pushed me into wanting to be in a band like 100 percent. And it's got like not to dive too deep, but it's got like a really good message of like you got Lawrence who thinks he's a loser. You got Freddie who like acts out. You got all these like misfits, if you will, who just mm-hmm. come together because of music. And it's like, it's a heartfelt cinematic masterpiece, if you will. There, I said it. Dude, I'm with you, buddy. I'll go down in the fire with you on that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Any day. Oh, yeah, man. But how do you feel about Tenacious D, the pick of destiny? Honestly, never seen it. Oh, God. I swear. I don't know how, but um, I have not seen it. I more so asked you that just to hopefully get you to be like, oh, yeah, Masterpiece, so that I could slam Thomas with it because he tweeted <laughs> the other day. He's like, Tenacious D, the pick of destiny does not hold up. And I'm like, bullshit. And I'm going like, to sit yeah. neutral until I can watch it. It's definitely way more like dumb funny like it doesn't have like an overall message but it's just there's something about it it's one of those dumb funny movies that like it just hits in all the right places and like if you love jack black and school of rock and like his raunchier comedy then like you'll love that it's like right up that alley all right it's on my list then please do please do that for yourself but um how did you because you know a lot of people who are fans of like brand and all that stuff and i hate for this to come off like a like an interview and all that shit but uh oh, just yeah. get it out dave come on I'm, I'm just i'm nervous i'm nervous here i'm shaking in my little boots no, you're here not come on dave please but um because you know you had my home the catacombs 
you know, yeah. it, it, and Sentinels and us, we were all we we're all listening to each other, we jam each other out, and then you know, one day, you join the After Image, uh, one of Sen- <laughs> yeah. Sentinels' like biggest influences at the time. Dude, my favorite band at the time. And what's that like joining your favorite band? Like that's that's just crazy to me. Well, the funny thing is, I ordered some Afterimage merch, and something got mixed up, and um, like with shipping, right? So, I went up to Kyle one day because he lived not too far from me, and um, he was like, "Hey, man, sorry about that." I was like, "Oh, it's all good." And I got the merch or whatever, and um, we just, I like literally, I punished him for like fifteen minutes <laughs> while he was waiting for his bus. And um, I kind of knew it at the time, but I was like, I just want to, like, punish this guy so I can get some information. So mm-hmm. I was just, like, asking questions because I was in my home, the catacombs at the time. I was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was telling me good things. Like, um, for example, like, if you're doing promo pics, make sure everyone's wearing something similar. No shorts, no tank tops, stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. see it now. And, like, if you see a band, like, maybe a local band with promos and they're all wearing, like, mismatched clothing it like it really matters like you have to look good as much as you have to sound good right so just random stuff like that and then he like hopped on the bus he was like definitely trying to get away from me <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like okay wait no no but i was like uh all right cool man yeah and then like i don't know how many months or years later he messaged me one day and he's like hey dude um do you know anyone who wants to start like a heavy project which could have potentially been like brand of sacrifice or something right mm-hmm. but um because they're still kind of active in after image i don't know what year this was probably 2017 and i was like no but is this uh for after image or something and he's like no but we actually do need another guitarist if you know anyone and i'm like could i could i try out he's like yeah sure if you want like he knew i play guitar and i'm not like i mean don't get me wrong i'm i'm an okay guitarist i was way better back then though and so I was like, yeah, dude, like, I'll nail this shit. And so he sent me the taps for, like, Onyx and I forget what the other song. It was a newer song, Pursue. And he's mm. like, if you can learn these two, then, I mean, those are, if you learn Onyx, then that's, like, the hardest song. Oh, yeah. So I just spent so much time learning it. Sent it off to him. Um, and everything, like, went well. And he's like, yeah, dude, if you want to, like, actually get down with this, then, like, let's fucking do it. And so we just had practices and... I know I joined from basically punishing Kyle a couple of years prior. And <laughs> there then, you uh, go. That's how I uh, got into Brand of Sacrifice, technically from the after image from meeting Kyle. And uh, yeah, like like I said, one of my favorite bands. So when that happened, that was like the biggest like inner flex to myself because I was like, imagine joining pretty much your favorite band. Um, and it was it was unreal like the things we did um we only played a couple of shows and then we did japan and then brand of sacrifice oh, yeah, started taking right. off fuck yeah i got all the way to japan like because I, I remember you guys like like there was the i think it, it was slightly before you joined like they, they announced like the tragic hero but and they did a tour or something like that i was like man like they're kind of quiet but i know like the demand for them is like pretty big and you know there's a lot of people like always talking about the after image so then they dropped oh, yeah. like a the, the EP like Lumiere, I think it was called. Yeah, that was that was before me. That was 2015, I think. Yes. Yeah. I, okay. That's I joined right. like 2017, where we dropped Eve, and 
none of us were like completely 100% on it we're like I don't know what the general mood was but like it was obviously way worse for someone like Kyle because that was like his baby he started that years ago right like oh yeah of course he saw the band from from start to finish and he always wanted the best right so me I didn't write anything because when I joined the album was already written and so I was just like the live guitarist guy I guess you could say Mm -hmm. and then um yeah things just kind of dwindled out a bit and things weren't going our way like just I'm not going to get that into it because I'm sure there's things we're not allowed to talk about but fair um, enough yeah you know it just wasn't going our way but luckily um Brand of Sacrifice was like picking up online hype and Kyle and Leo were like that just kind of started with like Kyle and Leo like wanting to make just stupid heavy shit right yeah Kyle just wanted to make a I mean he loves Berserk and I guess just wanted to make a a themed band around it like something just stupid heavy and that's what he did and obviously Leo's like I put him and Chris Wiseman as the two smartest most talented musicians I know as far as like like well-rounded production uh writing all that kind of stuff so obviously like it made sense for him like yeah let's I'll, I'll do this with leo and we'll make the fucking you know world poop themselves and yeah everything went well and then it wasn't that long after that we got that first tour like we were talking about with each other yeah and and the rest is uh history yeah and it's it seemed like a pretty seamless transition it was like one door was closing for the after image but then luckily enough thank thank goodness for a meme <laughs> yeah including brand of sacrifice like and everyone's like who the fuck is this band like what <laughs> is this and then sure enough it just like accumulated like what like a million views or something like that on facebook and then people were starting oh, yeah. to hit you up and god man you you ha- you get you guys have like such like interesting like ways of starting up where it's like like oh yeah it was a it was a meme that really gave us some traction <laughs> and then i well, how'd you, how'd i yeah. join my favorite band i just punished the guy for a little bit he <laughs> let me play like it, it's so funny where i'm like yeah. over here i'm like thinking to myself i'm like damn what do i have to do to get the next step i'm like memes <laughs> and yeah it's like dude, the most that like, silly I shit even, i don't remember if that was are you talking about like the church pastor one or the guy who like I, looks I possessed I, I don't know exactly what meme it was I just remember I think it was Kyle or, or Dylan telling me on, on the day of the first show and yeah I mean I'm not gonna say the whole band's success is because of a meme oh no I of course not I, I definitely don't mean to downplay it like that's that sounds like These guys, very underselling it they got a meme that's it that's all they have to do yeah and you you too out there just make a meme and you'll be wildly successful use this information wisely yeah, don't, yeah don't, dude don't fuck it up but yeah i mean like that's just it's crazy you know that sometimes i mean and not still not saying that it all just came from one thing like obviously the music was there you know the the crazy vocals like the the very interesting like guitar noise that you guys use with like pitch effects and and yeah, yeah. all that shit like there's something different and fresh and like when it hit people's ears they were like dude we need more of this and it created that draw and appeal and I was stoked that I, I that our band got to do you know your first tour because it was just like not only so cool like finally getting to meet you guys in person and, and actually hang out and get to know each other it was cool to like see the beginning 
of the band and like and now watch like from the outside and, and see how far you guys have have gotten and, and uh and basically everything that's coming of it like it's i'm, I'm a proud dad over here almost <laughs> i appreciate that dude that's awfully nice of you to say what really can I say? i'm it. a nice fucking guy it was um it was an easy transition too right because it's all the same band members so pretty much just basically yeah. just like put some tape over the name and then wrote brand of sacrifice <laughs> and then no one hopefully no one notices yeah they were like and then uh no good. but it was it was pretty easy to like just the, the music change right because you know like as much as the next person having like band chemistry between members and oh, yeah. stuff like that it's like it's really important so yeah you guys are really yeah you're, you're a really tight-knit like unit you guys all yeah. get along you guys all d- contribute something and you make like a, a really good bond and 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 from that comes great music and you know when you put minds like that in the same room you know you're going to get something good and something different and and when we when we did that tour together when you guys opened up the set with divinity i was like what i was like i don't recognize the song and then like within oh, yeah. a couple of days of being on the tour you guys were like hey we got a new album coming out and i was like holy shit like and that's yeah. that's the amazing part about having leo in your band and and having like that expertise of like producing and just being able to bust out material like that like you guys oh, really yeah. have it all like in your band you know you don't have to really necessarily go out to somebody and record your own shit or have to worry no, about he can he can do everything man he could write a fucking r&b album if you gave him a, a week probably and, <laughs> and it would sound amazing and he, he does it all the mixing and master or i'm not gonna speak on that i forget if we sent it out for mastering but he definitely uh records it all himself and yeah he's uh he doesn't tour at the moment i mean he does if he gets like the the work time off like he, he came to our rings of saturn europe tour mm-hmm. and um but i mean he's got a really good job it's uh it works our system works really really well right now for me to do like hold it down uh live and uh who knows what the future holds but yeah it's it's nice we got some great great chemistry in the camp indeed and uh one thing I was going to ask you guys about, and for some reason I am blanking, it had to do with Leo. Oh, and then I don't know if it's still a thing. Obviously, you can clear that up if, if you can. You know, you guys also started another band out of that, Earth Shatter. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a part of that. Oh, you're not? I thought you were. No, there's, I don't know what the term is, conflict of, not interest maybe, but you can't just have like 10 band 10 bands of the same members and <laughs> like with <laughs> with labels enough. and shit like that i don't know if it would matter now because we're independent but um yeah I don't, I don't know exactly what's happening that if that's on the back burner to focus more on brand or if they have another album they're writing but that's mainly uh again kyle and leo just being masterminds right damn look at me being a dummy over here and i know what i'm talking about <laughs> well hey i uh, no you're not a dummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some I don't know what it was. I think there was like a live promo for like Earthshatter like, you know, yeah. we, we got booking and you were in the promo and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> so, hey, if the if the shoe fits. <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear it, baby. But um yeah, <laughs> speak speaking of you guys going independent, like was was that like a, a conscious effort like for you guys or was it more so like 
co- things with you know your previous label like were coming to a close and you guys needed to decide what to do next or was it like hey we want to go independent from here on out yeah we kind of just took the reins i mean unique treated us really well and we had a great relationship so there's like obviously nothing bad to say about them they're great jamie's uh jamie actually featured on um vengeance the song on the new record it's got like a nice singing chorus and he does some screaming at the end too it's it's really really catchy it's one of my favorite songs actually but jamie graham he's in um oh god viscera that's right because i i remember looking at like who the features were i didn't i didn't realize he was like the guy from unique at the same time yeah 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 he's um yeah he's amazing so it was just kind of like a decision we're at the point where we feel you know i don't know how to word this properly but we just wanted to take the reins and kind of be independent there's there's no other really way to <laughs> go around it but we just wanted to be independent oh yeah and 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 that that's amazing you guys were able to pull it off like i me just like from like being an outsider like seeing that whereas like we we had like our band we had just signed to a label and we were like okay good we're finally at the point where we need to be because we're not at yeah. that point where we can like self-fund like the the type of yeah, shit we want to yeah. do so like i guess from an outsider i'm always curious about that um like how it can be like a brand new thing with a label then like an album or so later it's like oh we're independent whereas like usually like there's multiple albums including in a contract and stuff and and i'm not asking you to talk about contract stuff obviously it's, it's not the end of the world to be like like it's there's nothing wrong with being on a label by any means there's oh, just yeah. different things uh require i mean different times and um you know there's there's always ups and downs but um yeah, being on a label is fine. It's just what we just wanted to try uh, something different. And it's going really well, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, better than I, I think anyone could have ever imagined for the most part. You know, it's like, I, I mean, not not to say that people would uh, expect, oh, they're independent, they're not going to do as well. It's, But it, it's definitely one of those fields where you're like, anything can happen. It can either yeah. go really well or it could, you know, not go so well. And seeing the reception you guys have gotten you know being independent i'm like holy shit they're like doing better better than ever and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna really see the benefits of all this and and that's that's an amazing thing because you know you guys deserve it all you guys make fresh <laughs> shit lifeblood now now i can since we're venturing to that part of it like i i love lifeblood i think it's really great and i, I haven't seen anybody say anything negative about it so far and and honestly neither have i <laughs> And that's, I've never even thought about that until you just said that right now. And that actually feels absolutely amazing. Yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy to see, like, and, and even just as an outsider, again, like, seeing uh, the reception to it has been so awesome. And, like, it makes me feel like a, like a, a proud buddy. And where I'm like, damn, my boys yeah, are really doing a, it. You're more than a buddy. You're lovers. a special friend. Oh, yeah, oh special it. friend. Sorry, sorry. Not, well, yeah, lovers. Guys, we're we're tired of tiptoeing around it. Liam and I are <laughs> an item. Yes, we are. So we you should probably update our our Facebook uh, status, right? Uh, yeah, you haven't already. I mean, I was just waiting to see if it was okay with you, because I mean, you're the dom in this situation. So, are you still coming over for Easter? Canadians celebrate Easter. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> It's I'm sun- such a mess, man. It's Sunday, you know, like when Easter is. 
on a Sunday. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> Sound like my grandmother. I don't know. I just there's certain Tuesday. words. Tuesday, Wednesday, coming out on Tuesday. Hey Monday. guys, I'm wearing my Sunday undies. <laughs> took a weird turn. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's me, dude. That's why, I, like, weirdly enough, I almost feel like I have somewhat of a harder time doing a podcast with like a close friend because I'm like, I'm not gonna be as serious. I'm not gonna be a <laughs> dude, complete that's fine, idiot. Man. We're chilling, man. We're having we a good are. time. We are chilling. But yeah, because um, one thing I, I noticed when you guys um, went independent, like something that I was all, I don't know, maybe to me, like you know, again, no, say it, Dave. I dare you. You know, I'm gonna fucking say it. You guys uh, got affiliated with. I can never remember his last name. He's got the most black metal last name I've ever heard in my life. Brad Z. You're oh, yeah, no, we've, we've known him for a while. Yeah, he was he was in your music video, right, for uh, The Brandon? For The Brandon, yeah. That's right. I so, didn't know him too well back then, but, yeah. But you guys got hooked up with him, and he's been kind of, like, helping you guys with, like, marketing, lifeblood and whatnot, and clearly it's working. Like, how how'd that kind of come about? Yeah, we got hooked up with him, and we hooked up with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's some <laughs> oh. long nights on the road. Give me the deets. Um, yeah, Brad's from Toronto, and and uh, I've known him a couple years. Everyone's kind of known him a couple years. I think he knew Dylan um, a little bit longer. I forget how, but he's involved with a ton of publications. He does. Um, I'm totally blanking now because there's so many. I'm going to mix them up, so I'm not going to say, but he does... Um, yeah, different publications. <laughs> I mean, like I I recognized him from the thing he's affiliated with on YouTube, Banger TV. That's the one, Banger TV, baby. Yes. Yeah. So he does that, and he actually gets recognized on tour quite a bit, I which is funny. It, like, like more than like him, if him and I were walking like at the venue and we both had passes on, they'd be like, "Oh my God, is that Brad from?" Excuse me, sir. They push me aside. Get out of the way. I'm talking <laughs> to Brad, and I'd be like, "Hey, don't you know who I am?" But uh, no, I'm just kidding. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, Brad's a great guy, and he's um, he's really good with marketing, publicity, um, advertising, that kind of stuff, like that whole genre of of work. So we bring him out with us. Um, he came on the Shadow Tour, Shadow of Intent Tour. He was our driver. He can do merch. He's really good at just knowing the market, and he's got a ton of experience. He knows people. And the most important thing is that he always gives 110% no matter what. And that's mm-hmm. worth more than you could, you know, ever ask for. Absolutely. Because he, is he the one who kind of like pitched like the idea of like the whole like the 360 like art reveal and all this? Like, because I know he, he had like, I guess you guys had mentioned that like you guys worked a lot of like the whole um, lifeblood marketing. Like that was something you guys worked on together and, and he wanted to help like make it the biggest it could be or something like that. Right. Yeah, to be honest, Leo and Kyle do like almost everything. Like they, they um, and and I mean obviously Brad helped, but as far as like the five members for business wise, they pretty much do everything on the road. We, you know, dip our, I obviously help a lot more on the road, but like just it's way easier at this point because they know so much and they're so proactive that it's like if I if I try to help, I'll just get in the way. <laughs> so. I mean, they've got great ideas. Brad definitely helped. I think I remember seeing something about Brad. It was Brad's idea for the 360 or it was either or it was Brad's idea for the PlayStation. I totally forget. But um, Brad definitely lent a helping hand. And um, he's a great addition. 
to the boss family i could not agree more man because lit- literally <clears throat> anytime i i log into facebook i'm i'm seeing something like circulating about brand there's somebody talking about brand and you know like yeah. blood is is getting the that it deserves thank so, you thank you yeah i, I give it a, a big chef's kiss yeah like mama used to make yeah, just like mama used to make what did she used to make? No, she made the meatballs, right? Hey, you know it, huh? It's the <laughs> fucking tuna, tuna melt, the gabagool, rigatoni. And the, uh, can't forget those Denny's meatballs. It's <laughs> like mama used to make. The Italian I was platter. actually, I was, I was, oh my God, I was scrolling through my uh, Instagram stories, like the uh, archives. And I was looking at that one. It's just me, like, ordering the meatballs on the last day of tour, sending it to you. Yeah, and was it was like, just like... Bro, fire. They weren't bad, actually, for Denny's. <laughs> they weren't yeah. bad. Dude, they weren't I, good. I'm not getting them again, but... Fuck. Yeah. We always get shit on by, by our one manager for eating at Denny's. Like, we're, like he's like, all right, we got we to gotta go out to eat tonight. And he's like, I swear to God, if you guys say Denny's, check <laughs> your ass. I'm like, that's not our choice. It's just, unfortunately, whenever we're on tour and, like, you come out somewhere, there's always a Denny's nearby, and it's just yeah. the place to go. But, I, yeah, I remember you sending me that... It was like moments after we departed. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we couldn't wait to talk to each other again. I just get a video from you, and you're just biting into the meatball, and you're just like, "Oh!" Yeah. Dude, that was like celebration, Denny's. That was obviously the last night. We're like, we're done. We fucking did it. We survived our first tour. Let's get Denny's. <laughs> yeah, and then immediately have to shit because Denny's. Yeah. Is, it's poison but it's so it's i I mean it's not the worst thing there's way worse things you could eat on tour like chris chris's thing is bk and i'm like oh my god i gotta have a word with him dude bk is the number one place where the the food looks nothing like they advertise you open up the wrap and it looks like a sloppy you know what (laughs) i couldn't agree more it's anytime i eat it i legitimately feel sick like i get pale yeah like i'll walk in my mom's like you good and i'm like no i had bk today she's like oh, honey go lay down <laughs> it was it, it was wapa wednesday ma <laughs> it was what i had to try the impossible wapa it just it's not much better but yeah dude like there's something about denny's on the road like when especially when when everyone all the whole tour package gets together there's yeah. something, something oh, dude. magical about the iconic because there's not many places that can seat a whole tour package <laughs> and that's the main reason yeah, and the thing is, I don't think they ever want to, especially the hour no. we oh come in. God, they're, no. they're like, <laughs> the look, Dude, the look so of true. disdain on their face. Like, how many people? Twenty-four 16? people. <laughs> <laughs> we got one chef and one hostess. And then separate checks. Yeah. Oh god. Dude, Dude, I feel bad now. Never going to Denny's again. Dude, even when it's just the like the four, or the five of us when we all get together, yeah. like just to eat. uh, Danny because him and Chris both work as servers but like Danny gives way more of a fuck about like how we handle our check because he knows what it's like he's like dude I'm I'm the separate checks and I'm like I'm like okay all right fine dude I stack all the plates in the cutlery when we're done eating I do all that shit same have you ever seen that dude on Instagram Trevor Wallace uh no he he's he he just is like a Instagram comedian and he he did that one where it's like drinks bang energy once and he's just like going absolute ape shit like from from a bang energy but then he has the one where he's like uh when when you go out to dinner with your friend who works as a server and he's like yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. no 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 dude you got to stack the plate and then he asks for a refill <laughs> and then he's about to leave he's like wait a minute 
you're not going to drink that refill. You just made her get that refill. He's like, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm full. And he's like, I can't believe. And he like pulls a knife on him. <laughs> like, it's just uh, like that's how I feel. All the like, etiquette. Yeah, that's how I feel yeah. half the time. Like going out to dinner with Danny. But hey, fair enough. You know, it is what it is. You know, I tried to genuinely ask social media if they had any questions for you, and I think I'm done with that because no one takes it seriously, and it <laughs> makes me so upset because I'm like, dude. <laughs> Ask him some questions. Then you got Thomas, who's like, "Ask him what gives him the right to, what to be so sexy," and I'm like, <laughs> I'm "Like, God damn it, I'm never doing this again." He already knows the answer. It's the water up here in Canada. Yeah, if there's one, you thing don't have you... to. Well, we can just move on. <laughs> we can just <laughs> edit there, it and post. If there's one thing that ain't poutine up there, you got it's it's in the water. God, I miss some fucking mm. poutine though. Next yeah. time I come to Canada, it's straight to your house. That's the only place I'm going. <laughs> Can I have a sleep? <laughs> I'll over. have all all the poutine ready, dude. I'd love that. Can we make that happen? Like we're not that dude. far apart. I don't think. N- no, I mean, depends what the uh, the borders are going to allow with the whole global situation right now. But I would definitely love a hangout. Wait, why? What's going on? I don't <laughs> think. Uh, Unless it's for business, I don't think Canadians can go to America and vice versa. Oh, yeah, yeah, all that COVID stuff. Oh, well, this is business. Don't (laughs) get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of business that needs to be conducted, buddy. But, yeah, dude, we got to chill soon. We definitely do. It's been way too long. Last time was Connecticut, I think. Were you there? Yeah, Yeah, I was on the Shadow Tour. Yeah, I you there. Come on, Liam. Of course you were there. I was the only person there as as far as you're concerned, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee this is going to go down as probably the most awkward episode for people to listen to because it's just us, like just friendship like, flirting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's me basically being like, hey, let's just get an episode out. But at the same time, I just yeah. want to talk to my buddy Liam. So if you guys don't like it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Amazing. You're the ones asking me for more episodes, but it just goes to show what you're asking for. But maybe if you took Dave's question seriously. Anyways. Nobody needs to take me seriously. I'm a clown, and everyone knows it. But usually, I try to ask at least one question that kind of has to do with music, but I want to ask everybody a slightly different question. Ew, gross. I know, right? Music. What's that? Yeah, music is pretty dumb, isn't it? No, I love that shit. Hell yeah. All right, hit me. What is one album that really inspired you as a musician or to, to take the... The turn in music that you're in today day of morning despise icon oh yeah? i don't know if you listen to despise icon i Are think we fan? talked about this yeah i am probably one of the few people that's not on the the wave of despise icon okay and, and i get so much shit for it but i'm always Dude. hoping that someone can change my mind because i don't know what i'm missing i'll let it slide because you're handsome but they're just like the Give greatest it. I mean, I have a Despise Icon tattoo. I met Alex, Alex Grind in uh, Montreal. We chat for a bit, got a picture. I know I fanboyed. I'm kind of embarrassed, but... And then we met um, Alex Ariane, and uh, I think he was the only one. We met him again in Montreal on the Shadow Tour, and he was like, yeah, you guys are sick. Um, We'd be sick to play shows together, and I'm like... (laughs) I definitely punished him, and I feel so bad and embarrassed after that, but... Yeah, dude, that that album, Day of Morning, was released in 2009. And so that was, like, right when I started getting into death metal drumming. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my God, I just can't describe it. They just, it was because they have the mix of hardcore with slam and grind and death metal and deathcore. Like they're the first deathcore band. They're the first to put hardcore and death metal together, like authentic deathcore. It's not like, yeah. Like when I think of deathcore, I think of like as Blood Runs Black and yeah stuff like that you know which is i mean i fucking love as blood runs black don't get me wrong same yeah but um you know despise despise icon being the first and there may be some local band that never made it that was first but they're the first ones that kind of like made it and they have so many stories of them kind of being on tours where they weren't hardcore enough to be on the hardcore tour but they weren't death metal enough to be on the deathcore tour so they were like the death weird deathcore band that would 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 be with the old school death metal bands on tour and they would just get booed all the time and they were just like in this awkward spot where people didn't know the genre yeah and it's like so makes me feel so great knowing that they broke through that and they just kept going and now they're like one of the biggest bands in deathcore indeed even though they don't really play but um dude completely like i said i have a tattoo like it's so inspirational even that the album before that it was a modern man in 2007 was um like the biggest influencers and game game changers for me especially for drumming oh yeah dude their their drum parts are are nuts that's that's definitely one thing i can say that i have like paid attention paid attention to the most and you know obviously be paying attention to the drum parts but like yeah i think I think my biggest thing was it was the 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 extremely noticeable blend of hardcore and death metal where the vocals I think it might have been Alex like his vocals were more of like that hardcore edge where yeah, yeah. to me and in, in my ears like, I guess it just didn't blend as well to where I was just like oh, I, I, right. I I didn't see I, I couldn't see what it was that everyone loved about it but I do hear like little things throughout their music where maybe I just need to give it a, a better listen and really dive in but like that is sick to know that like they they really did you know prevail through like all the the hardships and shit like that like that's something i can always yeah you know appreciate especially yeah, knowing it. just how big they are nowadays and like you know to know that like one day you guys definitely like i i don't see it not happening like when touring comes back and like the world is a little bit more back to normal i i can 100% see you guys you know opening up for them and It'll just make me oh. more, more stoked for you. I wish. I want us to get, you know, we all have dreams, dreams of our bands making it big, but I want to be like Whitechapel 2010 size big in Deathcore, like Suicide Silence big. Dude, I want to be that band. I, I see it happening. And because with this whole like second big wave of Deathcore coming in into play, like, Maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just because I wasn't always paying attention to the genre, but like when I did get into deathcore, I think that was when like the really big second wave of deathcore started coming in, and and I was like, damn, dude, deathcore is taking over. Like, am I in the wrong genre? But at the same time, <laughs> I just I can't play deathcore. Like my limbs aren't up for that. Yes, I, you I, can. No, I, I see can't. you warm up. I see you sound check. Shut up. Oh please, you just caught me on some good days where something something triggered right or. <laughs> Or whatever well, honestly, blast beats and breakdowns are never going to go anywhere. Like, they're timeless, right? So I oh, think yeah. that's why Deathcore still hasn't got really gone through. It's gone through eras, but it hasn't gone through, like, in-and-out phases, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. 
I mean, because as as long as I've looked back, like in in bands, like discographies and stuff like that, I'm like shit. Like I've I've seen like I've witnessed like each of these records get the hype that they that they drew up and and I've witnessed each of these albums like do their tour cycles and like just see how big they are so it's it's not like it ever went away but there was just like this resurgence in the genre where and then you guys coming in like you guys came in at like the perfect time where people were starting to like make those comments on on different outlet posts on Facebook and and all sorts of the internet where like death core just every band is sounding the same then when you guys kind of yeah. came out of nowhere everyone was like this is what death core needed and i was <laughs> like fuck yeah like i agree and i'm i'm stoked it's my boys doing it and you guys oh, yeah, like man. are adding in those different elements to it making it fresh so i do see you guys getting on on that level i mean you're already on your way there it's just a matter <sighs> of time i dude i god one can only dream right it's gonna take a while, but it's uh, you know you're not gonna make it in any band if you don't put in the time and effort. Absolutely. Obviously. Yeah, it's like it, it goes without saying, but like so many yeah. people just think they're like, no, 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 no. What what's actually the secret? It's like yeah. hard work and determination, dude. Uh, yeah. And hey, when you like, when you get a big fucking headlining show, I'm gonna or a big headlining tour. Don't forget about the boys who uh I could never man. Over there. And uh, you know, maybe call us on and be like, hey, we need a one of four. Hell <laughs> 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 yeah, dude. I'd be dude, honest. Yeah. I fuck any chance to chill with you guys. Like that Connecticut show. I forget if I knew I knew Tommy Thomas was coming. I forget if I knew if the other guys and you were coming, but yeah, all of you guys showed up and that show was so insane and yeah, Dude, I was such a way to end a tour. I know. I I had just gotten like the the word like seeing that you know it was not just going to be like capped in like the small room like but it was going to be yeah. upgraded to the bigger room. I was like, I need oh, to witness God. this. Yeah. yeah, and it was incredible to see. I I walked. That was the first time I've ever even seen the room. And really? Yeah, because I I'd never been in that part of the venue. Every show that I've ever been to there was in the the underground part of the venue and gotcha. like that's the room we'd played a couple times so like seeing that happen I, and i was like dude this is fucking crazy like not only to see like shadow of intent like draw all this when a couple oh years oh my god yeah when just a couple years before chris wiseman was like yeah i don't think that shadow of intent will ever <laughs> stop, be this stop. big <laughs> dude i fucking love that guy i i love him more than anything he's he's the best and it's just it's so funny to do his voice <laughs> And he, I he can't, know, I can't he do knows an impression, I do dude. It. It's been so long. He he knows I do oh. it too. So if he I'll, listens I'll to this, you know, you can't Love get you, mad. Bud. Love you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like just seeing like like a band who like thought they were never gonna do anything real with it, like get to that point, and they're they're gonna get even further. And then you guys on there and signs. It was just like seeing all the homies have like this gigantic like gigantic show i was like holy fuck man like this is yeah crazy. i forget the cap i think it was six or seven hundred it was <laughs> it was stupid big yeah that room they, i think was like almost a thousand cap and i think it was like eight like almost 900 people there that night like that 900 oh, tickets God. sold it was insane i don't think people realize how big shadow of intent i didn't realize how big shadow of intent is and half those half the shows sold out on that tour and mm-hmm. the other half were like 10 15 percent away from selling out yeah like it was such an amazing tour yeah like it was 
like from what I remember everyone was saying like it, it exceeded all expectations and like oh totally which is amazing like if that's like the last tour you have to look back on for the most part then like fuck dude well, we had Europe but yeah we, that's oh yeah that's right how many how many shows did you guys actually get to do with that before you guys had to go home um I've been meaning to ask you that because I, I remember hearing about that I was like oh shit they're in Europe right now I forget dude I think there were 20 shows and the last three got canceled so I think 17 shit so you guys actually got to do the majority of it that's yeah sick. yeah luckily so I remember it was you guys and Lorna were both like like they were just kind of getting into it and you guys I guess were just finishing that that's absolutely yeah. insane yeah they did their UK shows and then I think the rest of their Europe shows got canceled which is so unfortunate because it it's um it's a whole process financially and like just organization wise to have a European tour and so that really fucking sucks I felt terrible for any band that went over there and had their shit canceled absolutely dude I was like we we were like you know in like in the studio when we started hearing all, about all this stuff and I was just like oh my god Brand is over there Lauren is over there and I can only imagine how many other friends like we knew that were like out there it, it yeah. was just like crazy to see like the world hold, getting shut down because when we were because we were at the studio where like a lot of bands who record they're like Die Artist Murder Aversions Crown um, like Counterparts End and all that stuff and all those bands were like just starting tours and like they were basically meeting at Graphic Nature and then parting to, to leave for all these tours and like just like I mentioned like Thy Art and Versions Crown both on that same tour both flew all the way from Australia and like uh -huh. played one show and had to go back yeah and like that is a far fucking flight and probably had a, a vehicle rented for the whole tour they had all merch printed probably it's like oh yeah yeah, I don't even want to imagine. It's insane. Well, I don't want to go too far down this depressing ass route. And yeah, no. Hey, and back to happiness, bed, right? Back to happiness. Let's look forward. But yeah, I mean, are you guys like talking about like possible future plans? Like, like making. I know you can't like talk about anything. Like, I know how it goes. Yeah. Like, um. There's been murmurs, but not. There's nothing planned right now. Um. There's. You know, who knows when anything's going to be open. Um, at the rate America's going I know there's a lot of states that are completely open now which you know to each their own blows but my that mind could be, honestly yeah <laughs> that could it. be if, if enough you know laws or whatever are passed then America could be open for touring before you know it um, Europe who knows I mean the other problem with Europe is that are they going to let North Americans come over who knows um <laughs> If, if they know what's good for them, they won't. <laughs> well, the other, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, as much as, like, I, I say that in a joking manner, but it's just, like, you know, they, they look at us, they're like, you're not getting in here, you fucking animals. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, nice try to take them. off the mask at the United States underneath. Get like, out of here. We would have gotten it away for you, with it, too, if it weren't for you skeptical Europeans over there. <laughs> <laughs> Some Scooby-Doo yeah, shit. Man, so man, who I'm, knows? I mean... I'm hopeful for it. I mean, regardless, at the end of it all, like when it does come back, I know you guys are going to do huge things and I'm excited for you guys. Any, any tour is going to take like any good tour is going to take four to 12 months to book in advance. Right. So it's, yeah. I mean, there's nothing happening. Maybe winter 
this year if enough vaccines and all that shit gets through. But again, it's like, do you need a vaccine passport? Do you need some documents before entering a venue saying that you're clear? All this mm-hmm. shit. So who knows? Yeah, it's it's a lot to think about. But I mean, I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe oh, yeah. by like right before the new year, if not the new year, we'll have some progress being made but it's it is crazy to think about like all the the ways it's going to change and how it's not going to exactly be the same like either potential capacity shit but you know documentation but i mean at the same time i just want to get on a stage again and play for people yeah and dude and and shows are going to be so insane when they come back like i guarantee every tour is going to sell out like (laughs) every tour is going to sell out people are gonna like get their heads kicked in in the mosh pit because like it's gonna be all like this year and a half of like just pent up rage this kid with like steel toes is gonna be in the pit like (laughs) (laughs) oh i see it i'm coming for you it's gonna be ridiculous yeah man yeah man i mean we've been going for uh a little over an hour if you're all set i think this may be a good place to cut it we can uh we can hang and talk for a little bit and uh so you're sick of me is that what you're saying no, 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 no! You're not going anywhere, buddy. We're gonna have our own private conversation off the air. Oh. I think, I think, Ooh. I think the internet got what they deserve. You know what I mean? They, they, uh, they got a good handful of you. So yeah, definitely. You and I can now, uh, we can talk about. You know, Does it just end like that, or do we have a sign off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming off as the world's worst host right now, <laughs> but I'm just gonna stop recording. We're gonna do our fake goodbye, and then we're gonna talk okay. about. You know, you sent him your file, and we're going to get all that going. But, so, yeah. Liam, it was great chatting with you, buddy. Thank you for being a part of the Six Stroke Podcast, the best episode of all Always a pleasure. This was, um, for anyone who made it this far, this was, I'm the most unprofessional guest he has ever had. (laughs) We had multiple Zoom failures, whatever that other website he was using, failures. My interface, my computer's not up to scratch. I mean... His his AirPods were not working. I mean, we've we've been through it all in the last hour and a half. So yeah, it was like tech, been, uh, technology ten us zero, <laughs> like yeah. failing on every part. So we apologize Dude, for all that. But who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll make a round two someday, and it'll be one hundred all around. Oh God, I'd love that. I've always got time for you, Dave. And I always got time for you, baby. Well, well. on that note. See you later, buddy. See you, bud. Thanks for having me, man. Of course.